Hello, and welcome to the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast hosted by the Guelph Family Health Study. If you're interested in the most recent research and helpful tips for a healthy, balanced living for you and your family, then this podcast is for you. In each episode, we'll bring you topics that are important to your growing family and guests who will share their expertise and experience with you. Our quick tips will help your family build healthy habits for a happy home. Hello, and welcome back to the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast. I'm Lisa Tang. And I'm Sabrina Douglas. And this week, we're really excited to welcome Angela Annis on the podcast. Angela has been the study coordinator for the Guelph Family Health Study since its inception in 2014. We've been wanting to have Angela on the show for a while, but wanted to make sure we had a fun topic in mind. So today, we'll chat a bit about what it means to be study coordinator for the GFHS. And then we'll also chat with Angela about being a parent of teenagers. So thanks for joining us on the podcast, Angela. Thanks for having me. All right. Can we start off with you telling us a bit about yourself? Well, as you mentioned, in my work life, I'm the study coordinator at the Guelph Family Health Study, and I have been since the study started in 2014. Um, In that role, I work with a team of staff and students who are collecting data from the families that are participating in our study and also managing all of that data that we collect. Um, At home, I'm a mom of uh, two girls. Uh, Emily is 19 and Ella is 17. And I'm married to my husband, John. um, And we have been married for almost 23 years, uh, but together just over 30, believe it or not. We met in high school. So... (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for sharing and telling us a bit about yourself and your work and your family. Um, So we're curious, with your role with the GFHS, how has it changed because of COVID-19? Yeah, well, I think the the biggest change is that the whole team is working from home right now. And um, that's that's forced us to look at things differently and do our research differently. So instead of having families come to campus uh, for their health assessment visits, Uh, We're now asking parents to measure their own children at home, um, and they're doing an amazing job. Uh, But what that means for us is that I have very little interaction with the families right now. So I think that's the biggest difference for me is that I'm working more independently and and certainly not seeing the the families and their kids as much. The research assistant, Maddie, our research assistant, Maddie, has the most interaction with the families right now as she contacts them to set up a time when we can drop off their collection kits and get them set up to do everything we're asking them to do at home. Yeah. So Maddie has been on the podcast before. She talked about all, she talked all about um, staying active as a family um, at home during quarantine. Do you know from Maddie or from your um, experience with the families, if they're excited to come back to campus, do they like doing the measurements at home? How's that going? That's a good question. I'm not sure we've asked the families this yet. Um, so I don't know the answer from their perspective. From our perspective, I'm looking forward to welcoming the families back to campus. It's uh, one of the favorite parts of my job is to see the, the families and especially the kids in person. But having said that, there could be a part of the study that's a little simpler for the families when they're able to measure their own children at home Uh, It means that we deliver everything to them and they don't have to pack everyone up and get to campus on a busy weekend or an evening. Um, So it will be interesting to follow up with them and see 
how they feel uh, once our restrictions are, are lifted and we can start to reimagine what our research back on campus will be like. Yeah, for sure. And aside from welcoming the families back on campus, is there something else that you're looking forward to post-pandemic, either professionally or personally? Well, professionally, I, I not only enjoy working so closely with the families in the study, but I love working with the students who are part of our, our team as well. So I really miss interacting with, with all the student researchers as part of their research, as part of their projects, but also just on a personal level as well. And then from a personal perspective, I guess something I'm looking forward to is just hugs, <laughs> um, hugging my family and friends and uh, I guess uh, not having so many rules. Yeah, yeah, me too. And <laughs> this episode, we're recording this in June, but it will come out probably in the fall. So hopefully some of that will come true by then. Yes, yes. Other than coming on the Healthy Habits Happy Homes podcast, what has been the favorite part of um, working with the Guelph Family Health Study? Oh, you anticipated my answer. <laughs> well, I already kind of alluded to it. I, um, I, I think my favorite part of the job is, is working with the kids. My children, as you heard, are a bit older now. So being able to see, you know, younger children and interact with them, it just makes me smile. They have a way of, I don't know, making you live in the moment. And I just, I really enjoy my time uh, with them. Yeah. And um, before we dive into um, more questions about being a mom and being a mom of teenagers, can you tell us what one of your biggest learnings from working with the Guelph Family Health Study is? Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually glad you sent this to me ahead of time because it took me some time to really think about like my biggest learning. And as I pondered the question, I was thinking my answer isn't really anything overly scientific or something that we've learned from analyzing all the data we're collecting. But what I've really learned and what I've come to appreciate is that parents are awesome. And I think that I just look at all these busy young families and they're joining our study, they're answering our surveys, they're coming to campus, and they're already busy, but they're adding this into their already busy lives to help us with our research, to give back to science, so to support their community. And I just feel like the families are really like sharing their children and sharing their families with us. That's so great. Thank you, Angela, so much for sharing all of that with us. I'm going to ask you, I'm, I'm, kind, I'm curious about mom life, okay? So okay. I'm going to ask you some questions around mom life. Now, you mentioned that your kids are teenagers. You're not in my position, you know, where you're wiping butts and tying shoes. So I'm wondering if there are things that you wish um, you would have known, like when you were kind of in my stage or, or some the stage of some of the parents maybe listening, where your kids were a bit younger, when you know, when you look back and reflect on that. Yeah, this is a great question. Um I think what what it boils down to for me is I, I wish I could have known back then um, how important modeling things were for my children. And that might sound like a sciencey word, but I felt as a parent or a mom of younger children, and I was a stay at home mom for a long time, that it was my job to teach my children all these things, you know, whether it's you know, how to eat healthy foods or how to tie their shoes or how to treat other people. And then as I get older and as I watch them grow and as I learn more, I realize that just being, you know, just doing all of these things in front of my children, just having them with me, watching me, 
is is how they're learning. It's not so much on me to teach them as it is just to show them um, how to do these things. And they they pick that up more than I ever realized. You're really teaching your kids by your own actions. And I think one example that I have was I, I always like to lead with kindness. And I think that's a sort of a family value that John and I like to have with our girls. And we we have tried to to model that or we that's how we treat other people always. And I see that in my children as they get older. I hear it in the way they speak to other people. I can see our family values being reflected back to me and them. So I think I wish I'd known there's not so much pressure to teach them everything on the list, but just trust that by being yourself, you're you're modeling, you know, what they need to know or what they need to learn or how how you want them to be in the world. Thanks, Angela. That's really that's really helpful to hear because it is you do feel a bit of pressure as a mom to like go down that checklist, as you mentioned, you know? Yeah. And and it's not even just about like eating or you know, here's all the healthy things to eat, or here's how you keep your body active. It's even like, I'm going to take time to take care of myself. So for self care, like, so I'm going to take some time at night to read a book, I'm going to take some time to do yoga. And they know that's, you know, mom's time for, for taking care of herself. And I can see that my girls have also picked up some of those habits as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's as a mom of young kids, it's hard to find time to kind of go down that checklist, but kind of hearing it's kind of your day to day actions and yeah. modeling that is really helpful. Yeah. And I didn't know it was called modeling back then, but in retrospect, I realized, oh, well, just from them tagging along with me every day and listening to me and watching me, they're actually learning so much. I, I, on the flip side of things. So I'm wondering, looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently? Maybe little things here and there, but I think one of one of the bigger things that that comes to mind is, as I mentioned, I was a stay-at-home mom for quite a long time, for 12 years um, after Emily, my first daughter, was born. And in that role as stay-at-home mom, I felt like it was my job to sort of take care of the home and take care of the kids and sort of do everything for my family because I wasn't working. And that was my job. And then as my kids got a bit older, I realized, well, maybe I'm actually not doing them any favors by doing everything for them <laughs> or, or a lot for them. So I think if I would have done anything differently, I think I would have maybe tried to give them a bit more responsibility or independence when they were younger and then hold them to it. So I'm thinking of an example like emptying the dishwasher or unpacking your lunch dishes. You know, oftentimes I just, I did that for them. And I wish that I'd sort of held them to their, their jobs and their responsibilities a little bit more. Obviously this has changed as they've grown and we've kind of grown into this, but there are still days that I struggle with getting someone to empty the dishwasher, uh, even when they're both teenagers now. For sure. Actually, it kind of makes me laugh a little bit because I, have just recently made up the rule, make your bed at some point during the day. It doesn't have to be in the morning, but you got to try. And sometimes I look at that bed and I think, 
just going to be easier if I just do it. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. That takes some time. Like not only doing like kind of creating the responsibility, but sticking to it. And I think that's, or at least my biggest challenge is sticking to it. Cause it would just be faster if I did it, but yes. it's important for them. Yeah. And I think when I was like home all day, I just felt like, Oh, they've been at school. Let, I'll just unload their dishes today. But then that turns into two days and that turns into a week. And all of a sudden we don't have the rule that you unload your own dishes anymore. So I just wish I'd been a little firmer in that when they were younger. It actually makes me think, so Emily, my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter is, is in university and she just finished her first year and she's going to be living in a house next year with five other girls. And so all of a sudden it dawned on me not long ago, oh, I wonder if I've taught her how to clean a toilet. <laughs> so I was like, Emily, before the end of August, make sure I teach you how to clean a toilet. Like maybe I could have done that before she was 19 or maybe I have, but I just really want to make sure that she knows how to clean a toilet before she's out on her own. Yeah. Well, there is YouTube now, right? At some point she'll look in that toilet and go, man, somebody's got to clean this. <laughs> well, thanks Angela for sharing, um, sharing that for sure. Now I'm, I'm wondering for somebody like me or and, and all those uh, moms of younger children, what advice would you give to parents or caregivers today who are raising young children? What would be some key advice that you would share? I made a little list. And these are just things I wish I'd remembered more when my kids were younger, or I wish I had someone reminding me about when my kids were younger. So the first one, I called it don't sweat the small stuff. And I think to me, this this is about all those days and weeks and months we we spend toilet training our young children or we we try to get them to sleep through the night or we're trying to teach them to read and we're working on practicing and every day we're you know we're reading and working so hard and and I think if you take a step back you realize or certainly as your kids are older and you look back and you realize well that's going to happen you know it I'm not saying don't like to stop doing what you're doing, but like everyone's going to start to sleep through the night at some point. Everyone's going to become toilet trained at some point. Everyone's going to learn to read. So instead of putting so much pressure on myself, um, you know, in the moment, it's just, I guess, to be a bit more patient with those, those things. Don't sweat the small stuff. The second one I wrote down was don't be afraid to ask for help. And I think this was a big one for me because Again, being at home, being a stay-at-home mom, I felt like that was my job. And how could I possibly not get everything done in, in all those hours I had at home? And how could I possibly need help? Um, but that's not what it's all about, you know? Um, so I think I learned to sort of let my guard down a little bit and actually realize that asking for my husband to help me or asking for a girlfriend to help out or a parent it really wasn't a sign of weakness, but it was actually a sign of strength. And it was really um, being aware that I needed an, a helping hand that week or that day, and then having sort of the, the courage, which sounds maybe bigger than it is, but just having the courage to, to ask for help. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, the third one is that kids are pretty resilient. And we have learned this over the years. Um, that kids in our experience can really handle the ups and downs of life, you know, knowing they're supported 
at home, but that they really do bounce back. We, we've seen that this year with all the challenges our kids have had around COVID and the pandemic. And there's been disappointments and sadness. And then, you know, they, they bounce back and, and they are more resilient sometimes than I, than I realize. And one example from our, our family is that you know, we've had some some loss of, of close close members of our family over the years. And and my kids were quite young um, when their, their first grandma passed away. And I thought, how could they ever get over this? How could they ever bounce back from something like this? But with love and support and talking it through and tears, you know, we all moved through that grief together. So they were actually more resilient. And I think as hard as that was, it actually helped them build strength and build resilience. And so it's just a, it's just a reminder for me that kids are pretty resilient. Um, the fourth, fourth one is trust your instinct. I think that you know your child better than anyone else as a parent, whether you're a mom or a dad. And what you sense they need is probably what they need. And it's helped me as a mom take care of my children. And it's helped me also advocate for my children, whether it's with healthcare or in the school system. It's just really trusting my gut instinct to know that I know sort of what's best, what's best for them. So trust your instinct. And the last one that I wrote down was that no one is doing it perfectly. And I think that all parents are just all doing the best we can every day. And I see this every day with the families that are participating in our study. I see this with my friends and other family members. And I know that we're all juggling work and home and a pandemic and so many things. And that I think no one's doing it perfectly, but boy, are we ever all doing the best we can. That's really, really good advice. And, and I, I love all of it. And I, I, I think it's really, the really important things to um, hear, but also remind ourselves of, I think, which is, which is, and remind ourselves of when we're kind of having a low day, <laughs> I think too. Um, so really helpful. Thank you for sharing all of that. You're welcome. And I wanted to preface that and I forgot by saying that I am not a parenting expert, uh, but this is lived experience, folks. <laughs> this right. is years and years of trial and error and observation. And um, and that's what it boiled down to for me. Yeah. No, well, I appreciate you sharing your lived experience with us. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so now I'm going to ask you uh, about kind of what we have to look forward to. So I, I mean, I love this age. Like my kids are, as you know, kind of between the six and 10 age range. And I do love this age so much because I see so much of their personalities kind of coming out. I mean, my kids are funny, like actually making me laugh, which just, oh, they, sometimes they just put me in stitches. Of course I have days where it's not so funny. <laughs> I have some days that are easier than others, absolutely. And uh, I've seen such a difference between, obviously, when I first took them home from the hospital and every year, I, I, I enjoy every stage differently for different reasons. And I'm wondering, um, what do parents of children around my age or younger have to look forward to as their kids kind of 
get into the teenage years that you don't really experience when kids are little? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And and you bring up um, something that I felt a lot when my kids were younger, and that was just this feeling of, oh, I don't want them to get older. I don't want them to grow up. I want to freeze them as an infant or as a toddler or, you know, even in elementary school age. But what I've realized is that every age and stage is fun and exciting and different. And a, a few things that parents have to look forward to um, as their kids uh, get older um, for me, is a couple of examples are just the capacity they have to show thanks and gratitude to us as parents. They're always thanking us for our help. They're thanking us for making them dinner. Thank you for driving me around. You know, these are things sometimes you don't hear when your kids are little, and it kind of feels like a thankless job. <laughs> um, but now they really are able to recognize what it takes to run a family uh, from, you know, a time and energy perspective, but also even from a financial perspective. And they're, they're really able to share that appreciation with us. So that, that actually feels really good <laughs> when, they, when they give that back. Another thing I, I really enjoy now that the girls are older is just the conversations that we're able to have. And I mean, it starts, Lisa, when the kids are your age, right? And they're going to school and they're learning new things and and it's fun to talk about that with them. But as they get older and become teenagers, they they have their own opinions about things like politics and world issues. And we spend so much time talking with our girls about their perspective on things. And I really feel like John and I have an opportunity to learn from them. Um, so they're really teaching us so much, which which is a little different than when, when they were younger. It's really amazing. And again, it starts when they're younger, but at this age, when they're sort of late high school and, and just, just beyond, um, to, to watch the girls grow into independent thinkers and really they have their own likes and dislikes and passions and dreams. And it's just not necessarily what I ever expected or could have predicted. Um, so it's really neat to see how that's unfolding. One example is my oldest daughter, Emily, when she started school, she she loved school and she did well at school. And she reminded me very much of me when I was a little girl. So I just assumed that she would, you know, love to take science and love to take math and go on to be a scientist like me. And, uh, you know, about late grade eight or into grades nine and 10, she finally had to sort of sit me down and say like, mommy, I'm really sorry, but I don't love science. <laughs> and I was like, Emily, like, I, I didn't mean to put that on you. I, I don't want you to do science because I like science. I want you to find what you love um, and do that. For sure do that. So anyway, it's just been interesting to see that, you know, her passion isn't isn't mine necessarily. And she would much rather learn a new language or write an essay than do a lab report or, or scientific research. So um, it's been really interesting to watch that develop. And, and I mean, related to that is, is watching them really become the person that they're going to be as an adult. Like my girls are essentially young adults now. And so it's really just interesting to see you know, who they're going to be, who they're meant to be. It made me think of something that you really have to trust that you've given them 
all the tools that they need to make their own choices and follow their own path. So, so that's where I am now is just, I think I've set them up for success. And um, I do remember this quote (laughs) and it might sound a little cheesy, but it's something that I remember and maybe it makes me feel a little better about my girls getting older, but it's something about when you're a parent, the two gifts that you can give to your children are roots and wings. So roots so that they know their home and they always want to come back and wings so that they can fly and experience their own life. So makes me emotional, but I think that's, uh, that's Thanks, where Marino. I am right now. <laughs> Do you feel like the time went by fast? Cause when Marino turned nine, I remember thinking like he's halfway to post-secondary or being done high school and he was just nine. I just brought him home. You know, and I feel the yeah. same way now that Mateo just turned eight. I feel like, you know, so yeah. I'm just, did you feel it, it really does go by fast, doesn't it? Yeah, it's the blink of an eye. And, and so many people say that and they tell you that, but it honestly feels like the blink of an eye. John and I are now faced with the fact that in a year from now, potentially both of our girls could be away at school and we will have an empty nest. And we honestly, like you said, Lisa, just feel like we just brought them home from the hospital. Like I just registered them for kindergarten. Like we just had grade eight graduation and now, and now this, and it is just, it's so fast. So, so fast. My my favorite quotes actually um, is the, the days are short or sorry, the days are long, but the years are short. And I, I didn't understand that before you know, a few years go by and you're like, really, like some days are really long, but the, the years overall are just so short. Yeah, I agree. Well said. Uh, um, well, yeah, I, whoever said that was a genius. Whoever said that. Sure that yeah. um, and so I guess my, my, my last parenting question for you is, is there something, um, it's kind of a pandemic related question, mm-hmm. I guess, is there something that your family started doing during the pandemic that you uh, want to continue doing post pandemic? Yeah, um, it's nothing really earth shattering, I don't think. But what we've been doing at our home um, is we've been playing a lot more board games than we used to. Uh, I feel like we went through a phase of board games when the girls were younger and we hadn't really done that a lot lately. But the pandemic has brought out the Scrabble board Um, and also the puzzles. We have done a lot of puzzles as a family over the last year and a bit. So I know. I hope we can continue doing that. It's there. That's fun things to do together as a family. We've also did, did something really fun. Um, my younger daughter Ella started this last year in May when sort of the pandemic was really just starting and we were trying to entertain ourselves. And she said, you know, mommy, I think that everyone should have a pandemic birthday. So for one, every weekend in May, one person in our family got to have a pandemic birthday. And they got a small gift and they got to choose what we had for dinner and they got to pick dessert. So that was something so fun, like just to have a day that was kind of like your birthday, but not really your birthday. And you got a present. So I don't know. We did it again this May since we're all still (laughs) dealing with this. We've each had two pandemic birthdays now. So I don't know. That's something fun that maybe we can keep it up one way or another. I love that. I want a pandemic birthday. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, before we close off, we've been asking a lot of our guests um, a fun ending question. So Angela, do you have a funniest or best memory from working with the Guelph Family Health Study? I couldn't think of my funniest, Sabrina. I I wish that I had a book to write down all the funny things that have happened over the years because working with kids under the age of six almost inherently means that something funny is going to happen every day. <laughs> but I didn't choose my funniest. I chose my best memory of working uh, with the Guelph Family Health Study, and that would have to be our fifth birthday party, which was in the summer of 2019. And it was a really nice day. We, we rented a pavilion in the park here in Guelph, and we invited all the families who were participating in our study. And we had really fun events set up for the kids to be active and do crafts. And we also had an ice cream truck. And I just can't believe that our directors, David and Jess, agreed to have an ice cream truck for the Guelph Family Health Study <laughs> birthday party. But it was so fun and it was so memorable. Um, it was a really great day for our, our team because I felt like all of our staff and students really came together to support me and to support each other to pull that day off. Um, it felt like a true celebration of all of the work we had done up to that point and a celebration of a five-year milestone. And it was also really just nice to see all the families in our study just relaxed and enjoying themselves, um, not, not because we were measuring them or <laughs> needed them to fill out a survey, but just a time where we could sort of relax and have fun together. That has to be my best memory. That was definitely one of my best memories as well. Hopefully we can have an ice cream truck again for our eighth birthday party <laughs> next year. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll start I planning it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Angela, for joining us on the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast. It was really fun hearing about your perspective um, being a mom. I have to as co-host of this podcast, I have to resist the urge to furiously write notes as a non-parent hoping to be a parent one day. So I really appreciate your perspective. Um, and you also said something, you said that you like to lead with kindness with your girls and you certainly do that at work. So we just, um, we really appreciate your positivity and your kindness and your support. So thanks again for coming on the podcast. I think our listeners will really enjoy this episode. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. I have to say, Lisa, it is so fun to watch you with your children and re-experience that stage of life uh, with your kids. And Sabrina, I cannot wait for you to become a parent. I've been looking forward to that day for a very long time. And I'm looking forward to that too, Sabrina. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> okay. <laughs>